HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Meet and 3 is back! We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home. Brooklyn. Roberta's was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull and attracted all these different groups. The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power, are mostly white, and we are trying to change that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president. That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it. Subscribe to Meet in 3, that's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 150 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. How many do we think are listening to Tech Bytes right now? Today is May 21st. We are coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is 6 p.m. This is the new Tech Bytes time slot. If you used to hear us in the morning, Now we are not exactly late night, but definitely um, happy hour, I think. The happiest hour, perhaps. Tech Bytes is a weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today we have a a really interesting guest in studio. We're going to be talking about CBD, foods, drinks, the upcoming town hall being hosted by the government, and just sort of figuring out what exactly is going on with all that. It's definitely a little bit confusing. I know I'm a little bit in the weeds about it. Pun intended? (laughs) Our guest today is Jay Moskowitz, who is the founder and CEO of Bimble, which is a CBD drink. Jay, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. He also brought beverages. (coughs) We appreciate samples and beverages. 
We're going to share one with our engineer, Matt Patterson. Matt, how are you? I'm excellent. Are you thirsty? <clears throat> I am thirsty. Okay, well, we have cold drinks for you. I'll, I'll come and get some. Excellent. So we will start the show like we always do, talking about apps, your favorite one, a new one you may have just discovered. The only rule for you founder startup types is you are not allowed to talk about an app you own or have invested in. It just has to be one that you That's actually That's not very like limiting for me. Okay. Well, you never know. Sometimes it is. <laughs> so I, I guess my favorite app these days might sound boring, but as someone who's lived in New York his whole life, the Park New York City app, which allows you to pay for a meter without getting out of your car. It allows you to extend the parking when you're in the store and you forgot about the meter. And I've, I've saved a lot of money because of that app. That sounds amazing. How old is that app? Uh, I've had it for about a, a year, year and a half. But you notice that wherever there's meter parking, there are these six numbers. Yes. That's what you're supposed to enter into that uh, app. Very interesting. Uh-huh. Very interesting. And is that for both iOS and Android? It is. Excellent. So anybody who lives in an urban city probably understands the, par- the street parking, parking meter conundrum. New York City parking is particularly aggressive because there's not a lot of space and the parking laws and regulations are not always very clear and kind of confusing, probably very similar to the CBD regulations, actually. <laughs> I don't have a car, so I don't have to deal with that. Well, someday you will and get the app. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have an app that you like this week? Uh so as I was preparing to do this, you know, it's been months and months since I was on Tech Bytes. I know, because like, now oh. we have our new time slot. We're going to have you on every week. This is right. So I was like, okay, I need to look at which apps I've said in the past. And since I'm a little bit OCD, I, of course, have a list. And looking at that <laughs> made me realize, oh, wait, Evernote is obviously the app. Because <laughs> Evernote is both my short-term and long-term memory. And is the way that I know not to say whatever I've said before. So, uh, yeah, you know, Evernote is just like the way I store any document I think I might want to uh, recall in the future. Fantastic. Evernote, that's a popular one with the startup set also. Do you use the desktop to connect everything also, or is it just mobile? Uh, I do. I don't use it for, like, project management in the same way that I might end up using Dropbox or Google Drive. I use it mostly for jotting things down like a notepad. Okay, Evernote, an oldie but a goodie. Excellent. So, as we said at the top of the show, Jay is here as the founder and CEO of a CBD drink, Bimble. Let's talk about what exactly the food and beverage CBD market is and what's happening with it. This is actually a very good time to be talking about it with the upcoming public hearing scheduled for May 31st. So to recap a little bit, I think a good jumping off point, because we only have 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we don't want to go too way, way back in the time machine. Let's let's start our discussion in December of 2018 when Congress passed the Agricultural Improvement Act, which basically declassified um, hemp and certain cannabis as now legal and no longer controlled substances, and it created a new category of cannabis classified as hemp. And to be classified as that, it is about the 
THC content, which has to be lower than 3%. Is that? 0.3%. 0.3%. Yes. Just a trace. Big difference. Yes. Yes, big <laughs> difference. So with that new legislation coming on the heels of, you know, different legalizations at the state level, this is the first sort of landmark federal level legislation. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So then <clears throat> that triggers Congress maintaining the FDA's authority to continue to regulate all those types of things, whether they be drug, cosmetic, food, beverage, human, animal consumption, across the board, all the things that they do. But I think the question now, and the public hearing coming up on May 31st, they're going to create an internal agency to regulate all of this, but I think the question now is, what's the path to approval? What are we talking about and what are we dealing with? Because many of these things didn't exist mm -hmm. as recently as, what, five years ago? Right. Well, just, just to clarify a little bit. So there was a farm bill in 2014 which first legalized hemp. And about a year after that was legalized, the DEA announced that they consider it a control substance. It's still on the control substance list and they weren't going to allow people to uh, freely use uh, hemp-based products. And we were all waiting for the farm bill to pass to all of a sudden have everyone free to use it however they please. Um, the day of the passage, they removed it from the C Controlled Substance Act, so the DEA was no longer relevant. In comes the FDA. Hold on a second. Hmm. Well, you know, we, we have a problem so they passed it from one agency Correct. to the next, that That's control. Mm -hmm. So from the FDA's point of view, there, was, there, there were a couple of issues. Um, uh, one is last, ju last June or July, um, they, they approved the first CBD-only drug, uh, which was GW Pharma's Epidolex, which treats certain types of uh, epileptic seizures. Once CBD is an approved drug, then every, everyone that uses the word CBD has to then meet the same criteria that GW Pharma did, go through clinical studies, which is a very expensive pro prospect, and uh, th that kind of eliminated all the players in the CBD market. So the, the F what the FDA announced was they consider it a drug, and according to the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, you cannot add drugs to food and, and beverages. So... How does that translate into an entire CBD retail section in, right. you know, the store? Right, right. So, or actual entire CBD stores? So now it, it does go state by state, city by city. But let's, let's take New York as an example. So New York, I, I started Bimble about a year ago. Uh, we launched in, in November, did our first bottling. And right before all this happened, and people were still willing to carry CBD products. Um, now, uh, come the FDA, they started, people started getting nervous. You know, am I doing the right thing? And there's a lot of uncertainty. So, luckily, we have a public hearing on May 31st. Uh, it's not going to be instantaneous. They're, they're seeking comments. There'll probably be 500 comments from the public. It'll probably take most of the summer before, realistically, they can come back and come up with a solution uh, to this issue. From the research that I did, it seemed that a significant point of differentiation between 
regulated, not regulated, legal, not legal, approved, not approved, had to do with the type of product. Is it an actual drug or is it a food and beverage product mm. was the first thing. The second thing was the claims on the packaging. There seems to be a significant difference between uh, hemp as an ingredient in something, mm -hmm. protein, shake, tea, gummy bear, or it being used as something that pr maybe had a health benefit or a supplement where the manufacturer is making a claim on the package. It's when you start to make those claims on the packages also that I think the government gets particularly interested. Right. So the FDA has been very clear about that. Uh, you cannot make claims that this cures cancer, this cures Alzheimer's. You can't make any specific medical claims. Um, we don't make any medical claims. We talk about stress relief. Some people talk about pain relief, um, but, but not specific claims. And the truth is there haven't been clinical studies that have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, what the efficacy of, of CBD is. There is a category of ingredients, though, that can be utilized in food and beverage without any marketing claims, and that's hemp seeds, hemp, hemp seed protein, and hemp Correct. seed oil. Right. So on the same, in the same uh, press release statement uh, where they put the brakes on the CBD industry, they also announced that they consider hemp seed to be a generally rec recognized as safe grass. Um, hemp seed doesn't have any CBD in it, any, any THC in it, so it doesn't have those I benefits. Can, I can buy it by yeah. the bag at Absolutely. my Whole Foods yeah. in either the health and beauty section or in the green alternative flour baking aisle. Right, right, right. Now, it probably has some terpenes, so people get reminded of the feeling they have when, when they've used cannabis products. Tell but us it, what terpene is. A terpene is, is um, uh, either the taste of... The thing that causes the taste in the in the plant, or, or sometimes the, the fragrance as well. So, how does it work then if the federal government has one set of standards and then states have different sets of standards? Well, states don't have different sets of standards. Not standards, right. laws. Laws is mm -hmm. right. So the the laws, state by state, as as it applies to CBD, um, aren't that varied. There are about a half a dozen, maybe seven states that are extremely hemp unfriendly. Uh, post that, most of the states are fairly friendly. After all, it's, it's, a, it's a big boon to the farming industry. Uh, this could be a cash crop for a lot of people. And not so coincidentally, the leading proponent in the Senate is Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. Kentucky is one of the largest hemp farming states uh, uh, in the country. So there, there is a lot of political will to... Get, get acceptance of hemp and to, to, to get it safe. Uh, some of the concerns are perfectly legitimate, even as, as someone that, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say there are no concerns. There, there are a lot of concerns. Where does New York City, where does New York State sit in that sort of spectrum of friendly, not friendly? So New York State is a very hemp-friendly state. Um, they've issued a large number of licenses for growing in the past uh, two years. Uh, Governor Cuomo is uh, very supportive of the hemp industry. Um, the, in the city, though, the Department of Health has been sending out letters first to restaurants, and now they've broadened it a bit, uh, warning people that the, about the FDA issues, about placing CBD 
into food and beverage? I still see food and beverage for sale that has CBD in it. Is it it adding CBD as an ingredient to something that you're producing on premise? If you're a bakery or a restaurant and you're adding a CBD product to something that you're cooking the same way you would add olive oil or, you know, right. salt and pepper. So, so back in February when the, when the city first got involved, uh, every, every coffee shop, every bakery was, was advertising CBD products. And what they would do is just take a tincture, put a drop in the coffee or in the cookies, and sell it as a CBD product. Now, no one knows how much CBD was in there, where they got the CBD from, has it been tested? Is it safe? Um, does it really truly have below the legal limit of THC in it? So they, there was just no paper trail for these products. So I believe that's why the City Board of Health, the Department of Health, came in and put an end to that. Do you think that CBD is under more scrutiny for a paper trail, for a chain of you know, product production, authenticity, and quality, Is it because it's new, because it's coming off of a controlled substance list that people are really focused on it in this day and age where one of the biggest health issues was a salmonella outbreak, was multiple salmonella outbreaks in lettuce? We we have very well-established issues in our food chain in terms of paper trails and authenticity and what is it? Is it what it says on the package? Is it clean? Has it been raised well? Do you think that the CBD industry is is being asked to have a higher standard? Is it that the current environment for consumers and food products is that we want higher standards for everything and now everything new that's coming into the market is maybe going to get set up at at a more demanding level? So I think CBD is in the spotlight right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's and Let, it's a new product. Lettuce is getting a break. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, right now there are a lot of very difficult uh, issues that need to be addressed in CBD market because it's so new. It's very easy to say we we need to require lab testing, but. There aren't that there aren't enough labs to test all the CBD products that are out there. There aren't enough labs to test all the food that's out there. I mean, every now you know, every a few times a year, there's a story in the media about we you know some entity goes and gets buys fish Mm -hmm. or buys sushi from a bunch of different markets, and is it actually what it is? And half the time, it's not. Right, right. Um, But there, but that makes the CBD industry look look very orderly. (laughs) <laughs> because there isn't even anything close to that. There aren't protocols in place yet. And that's what the FDA is hoping to accomplish, is to establish some protocols. So any CBD product that is produced and packaged in the United States, regardless of the city or the state, it has to go through the same food packaging, processing applications that all foods go through anyway, right? Sure. Like if I was going to make cookies or brownies. Absolutely. You know. As my home business, right. if I was adding CBD to it, I would have to follow the same process. It's not a different process. No, no. I'm just referring to the <coughs> CBD itself, though. You know, okay. Where did the CBD come from? Mm. Has it been tested? Does it have pesticides in it? Does it have uh, metals in it? 
there like are, honey from China, actually. There was a big thing. It's was fun. it a few years back where you, the honey, honey had lead in it? Yeah, well, honey, honey from China was shown to be not real honey very often. They, there was a, uh, a Netflix documentary called Rotten. Oh, I have not seen it. And they, what they did was they calculated how many bees there are in this country and how much honey we consume, and they didn't add up. This, it's the same thing with organic milk or right. something like that also. There are statistics where the, the quantity of certain organic products exceeds right. by a large margin the quantity of organic product grown right. and produced right. on record. And I right. believe it was milk. Right. Mm. So, so what I did in response to that is I became a beekeeper. Well, you need to be a beekeeper <laughs> anyway because the bees are having a big problem. Yes, yes. We are going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to hear more about jay and the bees but also get now to what specifically about bimble is different from other cbd products and how you go about creating a product in an environment where your product kind of shouldn't exist it's an interesting (laughs) one did you know that Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit, and we are celebrating our 10th anniversary this year. We've been live on the air since 2009, in part due to the generosity of our members who are listeners like you, grants, and our underwriters like this one. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Korsha Wilson, and I'm the host of A Hungry Society here on HRN. A Hungry Society focuses on highlighting dope people doing amazing work in food, and we talk about how we can make the culinary world a more diverse and inclusive space. You can join the conversation by checking out A Hungry Society wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And today, that person is Jay Moskowitz, who is the founder and CEO of a company called Bimble, which is a CBD drink made here in New York. In New York. Made here in New York. Apparently, New York State, CBD friendly. Good to know. <laughs> So CBD has is, is been a very popular topic. Its popularity in the news is accelerating now because of the public hearing scheduled for May 31st. Jay, are you planning on going to the public hearing? Uh, I didn't get a ticket, so I have the live webcast uh, queued up. Okay. Are you looking forward to it? I am. 
Do you have any predictions about what you think might happen? So I, I think the, I think there will be some resolution, um, like I already said earlier. Uh, in thinking about the issues facing them, protecting the pharma industry, protecting companies that have spent millions of dollars to do clinical studies, and then on the other hand, allowing some a product that's been available to people for thousands of years to allow them to continue to use it, um, I think they're probably going to have to come up with some sort of uh, uh, dosage limits for the for the non-pharmaceutical use. Uh, the the drug um, Epidiolex is 1,500 milligrams, so it's 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 apples and oranges to a drink of Bimble, which is 25 milligrams. So let's get to Bimble and let's get to the consumption numbers and things like that. If you don't know anything about the CBD food and drink products, how will people know or understand what the different milligram quantities mean? And looking at the um, website, if you want to check out Bimble while you're listening, the website is drinkbimble.com. You can follow them on social media at drinkbimble. So very specifically, 25 milliliters, milligrams, 25 milligrams of full-spectrum hemp-derived CBD sourced from Denver, Colorado. Now, tell me why all those pieces are significant. Absolutely. So uh, a year ago, I didn't know that much about CBD either. And I went out to Colorado to do my research. And no matter what store I went into and spoke to them about... Basically, people were selling tinctures as, as the way of delivering the CBD. Whenever I said, well, how much of this should I take every day? It was always 25 milligrams. And so it was a completely anecdotal uh, process for me for coming up with the 25 milligrams. When I had looked at the other beverages that were available on the markets, most of them had 5, maybe 10 milligrams of CBD in them. I think one of the reasons for that is CBD naturally is a bitter-tasting uh, substance, and rather than masking the taste, they just put less of it in. But I didn't really feel like that was an honest uh, delivery of a product that's supposed to actually have uh, some functional benefit. So if 25 milligrams is the, or 25 grams is the milligrams, milligrams. is the yeah. daily allotment or recommended consumption, then one bottle will do. Well, Elizabeth, it's it's different for every person. I mean, I... I use 50, sometimes 75. Um, it's Some people could use less than 25. It, it really varies uh, from person to person, which is why we need clinical studies. So I myself have not ever had any of the CBD food and drink. I have used some of the CBD products uh, topically for mm-hmm. muscle soreness and things like that and some of the bath products. The CBD uh, like muscle stick that I have at home is 60 Mm-hmm. And it's in a little stick, so I'm not sure what you're getting. Like each time right. you do that, right. the bath, um, the bath salts and things like that. I think they're around 25. Mm-hmm. And it, when I was purchasing them, it, I, I didn't understand what right. one meant or the other because I have no sense of it. Right. Is the price of the CBD oil significant in that there would be a, a significant production cost? Absolutely. For going from 30 to 60 or 12 to 25? Yeah, the most ex- by far the most expensive ingredient in Bimble is the CBD, especially if you're trying to use premium, high-quality CBD like we are. So going back to the idea that this is not necessarily you know, regulated, there are no industry standards because we 
have a industry that's too nascent for that. How do you know? How did you determine what was high quality? Okay, that's that's a great question. <laughs> How do you also. know if you don't know if it didn't exist right, before? Right, right. So I had I had some involvement in the cannabis industry before I started Bimble. Uh, I knew about the entourage effect, which is um, a, a word coined discovered in Israel actually, which says that the various cannabinoids in the ca- cannabis plant actually interact interact well with each other, and the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. Uh, so I really wanted to do something that included other cannabinoids. So it, it was the easiest thing is to find isolate, because that's the cheapest and easiest uh, method of, of extracting CBD, because you just get rid of everything else. Um, I knew that's not what I wanted. M- most so, people will have seen that on yeah. their protein bottle. Yeah. If you're a person who does like protein shakes and right. things like that, the whey protein isolate right. Right. is what right. you're probably right. most familiar with. Um, I think in, in your case with, um, uh, with baths and, and lotions, the, the real issue is, is it going to really enter the bloodstream? Permeate. And so it doesn't right. permeate. It, mm. If it's 25, it's, if it's 100, it might just be sitting in the water. So with, with Bimbo, the, the trick was really finding a high-quality lab that was going to make it into a good water-soluble form, since CBD and THC, for that matter, are naturally water-soluble. They're because oil. they're oils. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But again, how did you determine that the company you were working with was a high-quality facility? How did you determine that it was a high-quality product? What was your baseline right. for right. comparison? So, so I'm, I'm old school. I had a visit because there are hundreds of CBD companies out there, manufacturers that are making claims that you wouldn't believe. And you get there and there's, there's nothing there. There's no laboratory. There's, there's nothing. And so seeing is believing. So I, got to, I went to visit some, some labs in Colorado. Um, Colorado wasn't, it, it, it's not like it had to be from Colorado, but because they had such a head start, some of the more sophisticated labs happened to be in Colorado. Uh, I would love for them to be in New York, and pretty soon they probably will be. Yes, New York likes to be ahead of the curve in everything. Right. Even though I don't know that our tech really rivals Silicon Valley, they make a really good effort. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> to love get New York. <laughs> yeah. So you went out, you did research and all those types of things, and then tell us about what full spectrum means. So full spectrum ju- means very simply that everything that's found in the plant that's extracted from the plant remains in the oil. And isolate means just the CBD only, not the other uh, cannabinoids that are present. And this goes back to what you were saying before about wanting to have all of the elements Correct. contained in the plant. Why right. is that important for the beverage experience? Well, it's important for the CBD experience. You get the entourage effect, and, and there, there are benefits, I believe, that accrue because of the entourage effect. I now, actually, I'm going to make I it actually, a little more difficult for you, though. I, I think of the HBO show, and I'm uh-huh. expecting Vinny Chase. <laughs> does, does he come with the four-pack? <laughs> Only Turtle. Okay, he drives. <laughs> yeah. he's, your, he's your Uber Eats driver, Turtle? Okay. It's a very New York brand, as you know. <laughs> and I'm from Queens, by the way. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I believe they were also yeah, in the show. Absolutely. Right, Queens? Many I am Queens? Queens Boulevard. There you go. Yes. <laughs> So I, I want to make it a little more difficult for you. Okay. So now, 
um, with our next bottling, which is scheduled for next week, we are actually changing the formulation slightly, and we won't be using what's technically full spectrum. It is something called broad spectrum, because we are actually, through a laboratory, removing the THC, the, the 0.2% THC that might have been in there. We're removing it completely. So it's not technically it can't be full spectrum because if if you have everything that was in the plant, there would be that trace of THC. But we, we're going to keep everything but the THC in the uh, in, in the next go around. And why do you think that's important to do? Well, what I am mean, I? It has to be challenging in the lab. Yeah, yeah, and and it's expensive. But I have I have several reasons for doing that. Uh, one of them is I'm constantly trying to anticipate what the regulatory objections can be to uh, the CBD market. And one of them is they don't really trust people that they're keeping it below the legal limit of THC. So let's take all of that doubt out. Let's just remove the THC. Uh, the second reason is I, I'm, I have connections to the sober community, and I know the sober community hasn't uh, really embraced CBD yet, but I think they will over time. And I wanted to be able to appeal to the, to the sober community. And I also want to be able to appeal to people who uh, have to submit to drug tests. It, it would be very unlikely, one in a million, that you would fail a drug test because of a bimble. But it's still one in a million. I want to make that zero. Higher or lower than poppy seed muffin? <laughs> I'm, uh, probably higher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are really interesting points. I did not... I did not think about people who needed to be drug tested for work, whether they, you know, work at a corporate environment or maybe they're a professional mm -hmm. athlete, right? Or a student any, athlete, anyone or who any drives, kind of athlete. anyone who has have, operates heavy machinery has mm -hmm. to get drug tested. These That's days. That's interesting. Also, then I guess if there are the if the some of the health benefit claims could also be applicable for kids and children, then removing that also expands the opportunity for people of sort of all ages to benefit, Absolutely. which is interesting. <clears throat> Do you anticipate that there would maybe be different categories in terms of the approval process, sort of, you know, going from zero up in terms of the ease of getting approved or labeling and, and that kind of thing? Well, right now there are several states that, that actually have a zero THC requirement. So you can... What you are can, those states? Um, well, Texas is one, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know all of them often. Okay. Not New York, though. Not New York. Okay. Do you currently sell your product outside of New York? Uh, I do. In yes. other friendly states? So we, right now, in, in, uh, as in retail, we're in um, the, the metropolitan area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Uh, we've started distributing up outside of Boston. Uh, some of, we're going to probably expand our distribution throughout the, uh, uh, the Northeast. Um, and it's also available on the website, so we ship all over the country. Well, the Fancy Food Show, the National Association for Specialty Foods, um, they do the Winter Fancy Food Show and the Summer Fancy Food Show. It's a long-standing industry association, nonprofit. They, if, you've, if you're in the food space and you want to look for trends and you've never been to the Summer Fancy Food Show at the Javits Center, I, I highly encourage you to go. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's two floors of the Jacob Javits Convention Center. It's thousands and thousands of vendors across dozens of different categories but they list for this year as one of the top 10 trends 
the functional foods with aptogens and CBD mm-hmm. products and also the restaurant show in Chicago, which I think of as being, you know, people do debut products and everything, but I also think of that as being very conservative, the Chicago restaurant show, you uh-huh. know, because it's in Chicago and it's an, it's an old, old established, <coughs> you know, old establishment um, event, but, you know, a lot of CBD there as well. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. Do you have who who are your consumers? What's your what's your demographic? I think when we think of CBD, we think of a I think the average person has a very generalized idea of like maybe a young person, maybe somebody who, you know, just wants to like chill and right. order right. delivery and you know stream so, video games or something like that. So this, this goes back to the origin story of the brand. So I, I worked on Wall Street for 30 years. And I worked on a trading floor the entire time. And for, it's for a very high-stress environment. High-stress environment. And for most of that time, the only outlet for stress was either literally smashing your phone, smashing the handset on the desk, screaming and cursing, or going out and drinking. And people did all three in abundance. Uh, there was never something like this available to people, uh, a healthy alternative to stress release, to stress relief. And you know, I wish it was available when, when I was uh, in the thick of things, but I, I'd least, at least like to impart it on people now. Do you have any uh, deals with any trading businesses or any financial institutions? I mean... <laughs> Providing employees yeah. with all of those snack stations and lunch and all that kind of stuff is very popular right now. Absolutely. Well, the the problem is um, banks are not CBD friendly, <laughs> <laughs> so it would be hard to get onto. It's the interesting. Floor. It's funny that you say that banks are not CBD friendly, not just in the employees drinking a CBD beverage on the trading floor, but because you do come from a financial background. The CBD and legalized cannabis business is extremely lucrative, and everything I've read is that there are issues of people not knowing or being able to do things with their money. Right, right. So you can't use the Fed wire for a cannabis business, um, and that's obviously <laughs> a big problem for, for most businesses. Is that going to change? Is, uh, are, are the banking laws going to have to change to keep up with the FDA laws or absolutely. no? Or are that, people just going to be shuffling bags of money around? Yeah. Everything is electronic now, though. Right. So there's, there's something called the SAFE, um, uh, I believe it was the SAFE Act, uh, that's, that has bipartisan support in Congress. Uh, I, I think it will get through. Interesting. Do you, which do you think will go through first, money or product? Will it be the bank, the Fed, or the FDA? Which is going to be more cannabis-friendly first? Well, so, so we're talking about two different areas. Mm-hmm. The, the banking has to do with, with marijuana and THC-rich products. Um, they're talking about allowing banking for, for that. I mean, that's the, that's the more difficult hurdle to get over. Um, the FDA is, is strictly talking about CBD, which is non-impairing, and uh, you can drink and drive uh, with CBD. Uh, it's it's a much different set of risks. So, aside from the idea of creating a CBD oil that has almost zero 
uh, THC in it. Is there anything else you have your eye on for the future in terms of what you think is going to happen in the industry? Well, we, we currently, we're very transparent about, uh, we, we place our certificate of analysis on our website for everyone to see. Uh, we are in a glass bottle. We try to think of ourselves as, as transparent as our glass bottle. So we're trying to show people that we're not trying to hide anything. Uh, we're open to suggestions. We're constantly reformulating. Uh, I think down the road, um, you're going to find that CBD is probably going to become a little bit more of a, a commodity. I think the price will come down. Uh, there's a lot of work being done in genetics um, in both CBD, in both hemp and and cannabis and marijuana. Uh, I th there are, there are people that are working on a a strain that has zero THC in it already, so you don't have to remove it. Um, so I think a lot of the advances are going to come from from genetics and hopefully some clinical studies. The interesting thing about that is the people who love to rail against GMO, genetically modified. Genetic modification of plants is something that's centuries old. You know, they yeah. graft vines together in Bordeaux to make different types of wine. And what you're talking about, working on something to take out a particular characteristic, even something like the Honeycrisp Apple, I believe, was actually engineered specifically for the American palate because sure. they like crispy and sweet mm -hmm. and all those things. Those are all genetically modified. Right. It's and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where people land with this or maybe the genetic modification is so far down on the list of what things people want to talk about when they want to talk about CBD. Right. Well, that's why I consider myself like a hippie Wall Street guy. So that's that, that sounds very incongruous, like the, <laughs> absolutely. You know, like the uh, the oxymoron, the jumbo shrimp, yep, the yep, absolutely the Wall uh, military Street intelligence, <laughs> the, the, like a you know like a Steve Jobs kind of type of person, yep. sort of a. Uh, so I I became a beekeeper, like I mentioned. So mm -hmm. we we put raw honey from actual beekeepers uh, in Bimble, uh, not my own honey. Unfortunately, I don't make enough to provide it for Bimble, but. We, we go to people that are actually pretty well-known in the beekeeping community. So I'm, I'm trying to stay away. I'm trying to stay as sustainable as possible. The bee, the bee issue and the bee emergency is a totally different show. I don't even mm -hmm. know if it's actually Tech Bites. It might be right. like the Farm Report or something <laughs> like that, which also is a great show, sort of uh -huh. the other side of tech maybe. Um, but that's a whole other sure. issue that the... People may not be aware that there's a really serious fundamental problem with the bee population in the world for some time now. And right. bees play such a critical role in, you know, pollinating and spreading things and the life cycle of so much of the plants in the world that ultimately become part of the ecosystem and food chain for humans that it's a real problem. Absolutely. It's a real problem. I'm, I'm trying to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a really great conversation, Jay. I'm, I'm happy that we were able to sort of tackle an initial show on CBD because it is something that people are talking about. And even though it's not specifically tech, it is a part of all of those food future, functional food. Maybe it's tech because of the processes of, you know, making oils water-soluble and the different things, but it's definitely part and parcel of everything we hear about in the food innovation space. I think most people don't know what the hell's going on with it, so this was very helpful. 
I will be curious to hear what happens after May 31st. Maybe we'll have to have you come back later on in the year after things get going, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Great. Are you planning on going to any of the uh, fancy food shows? Or yes, how do you? Absolutely. Yeah? yeah. So people can find you there. People can find <laughs> you online. Yeah. Do you uh, do you ever do tastings and events around town? Uh, we do them all the time. Can people uh, find out um, about them on your social media and website? People can find out on social media, and they can also contact us if they would like us to come to their events. So again, that's drinkbimble.com. You can find them on social media at drinkbimble. Do you have any events coming up that you'd like to promote? Anything in the near term? Mm, no? Okay, check back. Yeah check back I want to thank Jay for coming out to Roberta's Pizza on a Tuesday night I want to thank Matt Patterson our engineer I want to thank DJ Uptown Nico who gave us that amazing techno song Nomad a CPU track if you like that song look for DJ Uptown Nico he plays out around New York City and other venues he's also on SoundCloud HeritageRadioNetwork.org we are a 501c3 nonprofit. If you like the show, go to the website, click the beating heart, give us a donation, designate it to Tech Bytes. I will, something, I will send you something special along with my undying love. Tech Bytes is broadcast live on Tuesday evenings from 6 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am your host and producer, Jennifer Liuzzi. Come back and see us next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the food world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.